0: What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory getting ready for a Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. We have a mailbag for you, all the questions that you guys ask. We're going to try to do a little bit more than we typically do this week, I think, with with regards to to content on the podcast. So we are recording this on a Sunday night. I think we got to start. Real quick before I introduce everybody else, our thoughts are with all those uh, that have been affected by the helicopter incident with with Kobe Bryant, his family, and multiple other other families. We are all uh, grieving with you. Uh, just just awful, horrible thing. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Uh, but here to help me talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and all of your questions, first find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, happy Super Bowl week to you, my friend.
1: We are finally all back together, and things couldn't be any more right in the world before the Chiefs go down to Miami, take care of the 49ers, and win the Super Bowl. I'm probably getting ahead of myself Woo! here because I'm not supposed to be previewing the game, yada, yada. I can tell Kent's energy <laughs> levels low for my pre, pre-game prediction. So I'm just going to throw it over to our third guy, <laughs> Craig Stout, the most handsome, well, second most handsome member, of this podcast for when you know stacks comes on we have to reserve that nickname for him but how are you doing today oh
2: um, hey. i i'm doing well and that's a blatant lie and maddie's just trying to suck up because he knows how jealous i am that he's going to be eating cuban sandwiches this weekend i'm so jealous so so maddie i just came back from eating in new orleans some of my favorite food in the world and then maddie drops the whole going to miami and eating cuban sandwiches I'm hungry. I'm real hungry. It's nine o'clock. I'm hungry. Maddie, when are you, when are you getting there and how long are you staying there?
1: Uh, I'm flying out Friday. I will be in Tampa for Friday because I have some family down there. So hang out there and then we'll drive down to Miami Saturday, probably early in the morning. And then just kind of hang out, float around, maybe check out one of the events going on Saturday or early Sunday that the NFL puts on for different stuff. But then i just going to figure out which uh, which Beach Hut Chiefs fan party that I want to go to. So if anybody, any locals, anybody that's done the research, you know of a great beachside Chiefs Super Bowl watch party, find me on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Please let me know. I'm looking for one. So, yes, fill me out.
0: Will you be wearing a Chiefs Hawaiian shirt?
1: Does it have sleeves?
0: <laughs> it doesn't have to have <laughs>
1: sleeves. If I can, I, I'm considered buying the Chiefs Hawaiian shirt, but I got I to gotta rock the Arrowhead Pride logo. I got to rock the Arrowhead Pride gear. I got to find one that doesn't have sleeves.
0: Okay. Maybe you could just accent it with some kind of, you know, Hawaiian shirt. I don't know. Uh, we, we got plenty of questions to to answer here uh we'll start with a five-star review question hey guys i listened from brazil uh from kc originally i listen every day appreciate uh having something to bring me back to the kingdom my question is this uh looking back at the development and growth of the chiefs overall throughout the season is it crazy to say that the afc championship was the best game overall offense defense coaching that the chiefs have played all year craig
2: yeah it's not crazy like it was a very complete game i i feel like the chiefs defense stepped up bit the thing that had bitten them really hard earlier in the season so the ability to step up stop the run you know kind of keep the play action passing game mostly in check for most of the day and then the offense coming out you know first drive wasn't great but then they kind of clicked after that and everything seemed pretty easy for Mahomes and everybody special teams played pretty well as well like I I do think that that was probably the best most complete game start to finish that we've seen the Chiefs play this year it's coming at the right time so yeah no I, I would agree with that sentiment
1: I mean I think I think you could probably put the Houston Texans game up there once you completely erase the first quarter. Once you get by (laughs) with all the self-inflicted wounds, which absolutely, I mean, you have to include them, I understand. But from kind of that point on, the Chiefs have played very good football. You know, they've had a couple of gaps. There's been some drops. There's been some special teams errors and things like that. The beginning of the Tennessee game, you know, you saw the Titans have a little bit of success with the play-action pass, finding some open guys downfield. But overall, I think mean, the Chiefs have played very good football lately. It's at the right time. The offense seems to really be clicking. Once you get a couple of those third down, those little spot hitch routes that the guys seem to just drop the ball on because they start to look upfield to run. You clean that up. This team's looking very clean on the offensive end. And it takes Steve Spagnola usually a quarter, to figure it out. But after the first quarter, what they've been doing, the team's offenses lately, has been super impressive. So, I mean, they're they're turning it all on at the right time. They're clicking at the right time. This is the team that is playing very well heading into the Super Bowl.
0: I would say, you know, I think you've just... I don't know if the Titans game was the most complete. I think it was pretty close. I think the last three quarters, though, of that Texans game was absurd. But what I think you're hearing is the candidates are the two playoff games. The Chiefs are playing some of... If not their best football, they are playing their best football at the right time. They need a more complete game than they've had to this point. They can't start slow again, and if they don't, if they if they if they don't start slow, they're going to win a Super Bowl if they continue to play at the same level they are. Laney Kid won. Just he tweeted this: Patrick Levon Mahomes hashtag Chiefs by one hundred. Love the energy. Uh, There's some good vibes out there in (laughs) Kansas City right now. I'm really digging it. Real Bird Lawyer asks, uh, defensively, what is the most comparable team to the Niners that the Chiefs offense has faced this year, both in terms of scheme and talent? and How did the Chiefs fare?
2: I,
1: I think the very obvious one that everybody is hearing about right now, and I think it fits, is probably the Chargers, that the defensive scheme is very close. The defensive coordinators worked with each other. They're very familiar with each other. I think you have a star corner on one side of both teams that is you essentially locks down his third of the field. Occasionally will get beat with speed, but that's Casey Hayward, Richard Sherman. You have some active, strong safeties with Derwin James and Jaquiski Tart. So I think that's probably the pass rush. You have to be, always go with the pass rush there. I think they're the most similar there. The 49ers have a lot better linebackers though. And I think that's kind of where the gap comes in. The athleticism and talent of the 49ers linebacker group is definitely better than the Chargers. But I will say this, the Chiefs offense, I know that Mahomes stats or the point output wasn't exactly the highest of the season. Go back and watch, especially the second game that was not on that ridiculous Mexico City field with Pat's second game back, no first, Fisher's first game back, no Tyree kill, etc. The second game, the Chiefs got guys open. It wasn't a matter that the Chiefs were struggling. They scored on five out of eight real possessions, not including kneel downs. They were moving the ball, and there was plenty of play still to be available on the field. So, I mean, that's the team you're looking at for the best matchup. But the Chiefs offense was not struggling as much as the pictures being painted out there right now.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say that it's definitely the Chargers. I will kind of go into this a little bit more. The The 49ers linebacker is definitely better, like Matt said. I think the Chargers secondary is better. Uh, Richard Sherman is good. Would Richard agree. Sherman's having a great year. But Akilah Witherspoon, Jaquisky Tart, Jimmy Ward. I mean, uh, th- those guys, uh, there was Derwin James. I mean, that like mostly in Witherspoon have been was,
0: interchangeable. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think that that there's worth <laughs> I think it's worth having the conversation there. I think the Chiefs can get after that secondary a little bit. I I think that I like the 49ers pass rush on the edge better personally, but I I do think there's a lot of similarities there, but yeah, like Matt said, they were able to move the ball. That game wasn't really in doubt. Like it was a situation where the Chiefs at that time still weren't unveiling everything yet. We weren't seeing the full picture yet. So I think if they're playing like they have the past two weeks, that this is a completely different scenario than we've seen in those two Chargers games. Well, and you got to, you got to think
0: that uh, you got to think that they're going to unload a little bit too here. They've got some stuff they've probably held back uh, this season and I'm sure you're going to see all of it. You're going to see all of it. Billy M 91 asks, can you debunk all the nonsense floating around about Mahomes verse versus cover three?
1: This is a hot topic right now. I'm going to get far more in depth on this later in the week with an advanced scout article talking exactly about how the Chiefs are going to be, you know, cover three, how they've done it already this year. But I mean, he's like, it's not just the straight up cover three. It's this backside adjustment that teams have done this year to take away that deep over route when the Chiefs put three wide receivers on one side. Here's a little hint though, for everybody that has not followed the Chiefs all year. That deep overroute has not been that good for the Chiefs this year because every team, no matter what coverage they're running, has aimed to take it away because the Chiefs lit the entire NFL on fire with it last year. Man coverage, corners are playing inside leverage, they are doing a man turn and just running underneath that overroute. Cover four quarters coverage that safety's dipping down into there. He's not getting too much depth. So that deep over route that which is everyone is talking about the 49ers being able to take away with this weak side adjustment of playing in that high hole. That's not the only thing the chiefs can do against cover three. That's not the only thing they will do short stick routes short little curls hooks things like that will be open if you want to run the three by one you just run real verticals out of it without the deep over you just run that third guy deep across the middle of the field they still can't cover it out of cover three You can do all sorts of fun stuff. The Chiefs even did it against the Chargers. Like I said, I'll go more in depth on it later in this week when I can write an article with it rather than explain it to you guys. But the Chiefs will not struggle to move the ball against just pure cover three unless the pass rush is making them get the ball out super early and then the 49ers can drive on everything.
0: Yeah, and I mean, teams were hell-bent on taking away a lot of the deep stuff from the Chiefs when they were playing. Like the, the Chargers, the first time they played around, Hell bent on taking away the deep stuff. Even the second time, I think they were still trying to really, you know, push for depth with their with their underneath defenders. The Chiefs were just throwing short a lot, and they were able to get free yards. There's a lot of free yards in that game. The Chargers were trying to force the Chiefs to drive down the field. The Chiefs are gonna if if this if the Niners try to do the same thing and just rally to the football with athletic linebackers and stuff. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to move the ball down the field. It's just how explosive that group's going to be able to be if they try to take away the explosive potential a little bit. It's going to be something fascinating to keep an eye on. Jerry asks, what's the best way to attack cover three with our weapons? You kind of already alluded to this a little bit, Maddie.
1: Yeah. And I think essentially, however you want to like Kent was just saying there though, when you're going to have to play those underneath defenders deep enough to protect that deeper over route, there's going to be these short spot routes for Travis Kelsey, for the running backs out of the backfield. That's going to be a free five to seven yards without even forcing a missed tackle. So you just have to keep hitting those over and over again. You have to be willing to move the ball down the field like that. When you want to take your shot plays, Go vertical, make a slot defender run with McCole Hardman or Tyree kill, whether just straight down the field, up the seam or across on one of those deep overs. I have no doubts if you get the protection, if you run Tyree kill on a slice route or an angled, you know, nine route from one side of the field to the opposite hash, not all the way across the field horizontally, but at the opposite hash. Jaquisky Tart is not going to turn and run with him. I have no doubt in my mind that Tyree Kill is going to outrun him deep. Use your speed against the 49ers defense. Take advantage of it. And when you get Travis Kelsey one-on-one with Mosley on the opposite side of that three-by-one on the backside, please, oh, please throw him the ball over and over again. It'll be just like Lonnie Johnson all over again.
2: (laughs) The the main parts that you can attack in cover three are the seams. So, you know, you got your deep third zones. So on either side of the deep safety and the flats there. And like these guys have talked about, if you're having to gain depth to take away some of those deep overs, things like that, that the Chiefs were so good at taking away. You're giving away the flat. That's what we saw. That's what Kent was just talking about. You just take that easy yardage away and just keep going at that and just keep moving the change because you can keep doing that. If you're going to drive all the way down the field on the 49ers, play by play by play, hey, give it to them. That's fine. But... You can attack that. You can send even 3 verticals and have Tyreek run a post behind the safety there force the safety to try and cover two deep guys there in the middle of the field. He's going to have the trouble Covering the speed that the Chiefs have back there if they stay in a cover three shell for most of the day. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that they can really attack it. The fact that they are a little more, a little more predictable with their coverage scheme makes it a little bit more easy for Andy Reid to develop a game plan, I feel like. Yep. Uh, It's
0: Big Mikey asks. How, can and how does San Francisco slow down Mahomes in this offense? And I think we've kind of already talked a little bit about that with throwing things and laying it up and forcing them to drive down the length of the field, like some teams have had. What else do you think, Maddie?
1: Starts with the pass rush. If they can get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, that really that allows them to drive on the underneath stuff when that's what the Chiefs have to do. So if you get pressure on any offense, that throws you know that throws off timing and messes everything up. But the biggest thing. Mix up your coverages. Don't just play cover three. Go back to your quarters coverage, which the 49ers will do. That's easy to mix in with the cover three the way they play it. Go with some man coverage. More coverages, slower reads for Patrick Mahomes. Just gives more things for them to look at. Don't let the Chiefs see the same defense over and over again like they kind of did to the Packers because I do think the Chiefs will carve that up if they keep seeing it.
2: Yeah, that's for certain there. It's the pass rush. Nick Bosa, D. Ford, this defensive line is excellent. DeForest Buckner's in there. Sol- Solomon Thomas is in there. Eric Armstead is in there. Like, these guys are all, like, that's an arsenal of guys that can wreck things up front. If the Chiefs' offensive line does not come out and play as well as we've seen them play here in the playoffs so far, because they've been pretty good here in the playoffs if they don't play as well as they have that pass rush will wreck things up front and it'll wreck it in a hurry you're gonna have Mahomes really you know hearing footsteps and having to bail from some clean pockets like we've seen earlier on this year rather than the comfort level that we've seen him playing within structure and just the simple times that he's got to play out of structure and move out of the pocket
0: yeah, I think I think the Niners are going to have to be a little bit less predictable than they've been. Uh, a lot of these cover three type teams are. They do kind of play in that you know they they really like to play out of that that three structure. And I mean, I, I think they I think Maddie kind of hit the nail on the head. They've got to mix things up a little bit. They got to get him some unscouted looks and some things that they haven't really utilized le- yet. And honestly, I do think. They can get pressure with four, and they're probably going to be able to get a little bit of pressure with four. Like that's just the reality. It's how they handle the second reaction plays, how the how the Niners are able to handle plays out of structure. I'm sure that's going to be a big focal point from that because their front's going to disrupt this offense. I mean, it's going to happen. They're going to get theirs. It's just what happens with that. Does Mahomes get out of it and, and make big plays? You know, what, what kind of stuff do they do? Does Patrick Mahomes use his legs more again? These are the kind of questions that we're kind of having. And there's things that I think that the, the Niners can do to kind of get them out of their game. Lentiso asks, how much of an impact have Mike Pinnell and Terrell Suggs made on the Chiefs' run defense?
2: I, a significant one, uh, <laughs> Terrell Suggs sets a good hard edge. The chiefs were missing that. we talked about earlier on in the season that spags like these big, long, strong defensive ends and Frank Clark was setting a good hard edge, but teams were going away from Frank Clark, just trying to avoid him running at Alex Okafor running at Emmanuel, Ogba, running at Tano passing, no, and finding success. Um, Since Terrell Suggs has gotten in here, he's able to set that edge. He's able to funnel things back in a lot better. We've seen him collapse things. We've seen his pursuit from the backside be good. He's been particularly good. And then Mike Pinnell has just been a really solid addition to the interior of that offensive line. He's a Spags defensive tackle, a massive guy that can't be moved and doesn't offer a ton in the pass game, you know, as far as rushing the passer. But he can clog up run lanes, allow things to be a little bit easier on the back end for some of these linebackers and kind of build that wall up front force running backs to have to slow up, not just make it an easy hole for them to hit. So that's gonna pay off because the 49ers are really you know, playing with a rushing attack that's just blowing holes wide open and allowing these speed running backs to hit them at full speed. Get into the second and the third levels where they can make guys miss in the open field. If guys like Pinnell and Suggs can play assignment sound, lock things down up front, it's going to make things a lot more difficult for the 49ers to do what they do on offense.
1: And yeah, that's exactly what it is right there. I think Craig kind of nailed all the points down right there. Suggs, I don't think has popped off as much as Mike Pinnell has. I don't think people have noticed him quite as much because Pinnell has been a dominant force on the inside thing is with Frank Clark and Terrell Suggs, it's really hard for teams to get outside and do anything. The the way that you get a play your run defense as a defensive end, you can really turn everything away from you. Whereas a defensive tackle, it's hard to avoid. So Pennell gets to make more flashy plays, as funny as that sounds, for a defensive tackle than Terrell Suggs gets to. But Terrell Suggs' ability to, when teams do run away from Frank Clark, to have to run into him, who's also playing exceptionally well on the edge, or to force teams to run at Frank Clark, which is just hilarious trying to watch offensive tackles kick him out and not let him completely <laughs> reduce the C-gap with their backside being pressed up to a guard is great. Suggs has been, I mean, just as vital as Pinnell has just not been quite as flashy, which is usually a reversal of the usual roles.
0: Lintiso also asks, what unique challenges do the 49ers offense present compared to the Titans and Ravens, Craig?
2: Oh, man. Uh, Completely different. Uh, The 49ers want to get... Outside, they want to stretch. They don't run as much zone read as like the Ravens are going to do, where you're going to have to really account for you know Jimmy Garoppolo running the ball. That's not going to be a thing that you're going to have to account for on a snap by snap basis. If they come out and start running the zone read, you can make an adjustment in game for Jimmy Garoppolo. Whereas Lamar Jackson, it's something you have to account for. They're going to try and hit stretch runs. Mostert, Breida. Tevin Coleman, all those guys are good trying to hit those outside zones, aiming at you know the B, C, D gap there and really trying to hit those as hard as possible. That's a stretch for these, these linebackers here. But as Matty just said, having two defensive ends that can scrunch down, play tight like that is going to make things more difficult for those guys to bounce those runs out there. And the ones that they do get to bounce are having to gain so much more depth to get to the outside. That's when your safeties can come come into play, they can come up and hit these lighter, smaller guys, whereas Derrick Henry wants to run between the tackles, wants to hit you hard, wants to run you over there. Matt Breeda, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert are guys that you can bring down. They're not going to run through a bunch of tackles. They're going to make you miss with their agility rather than running through you.
1: I think the 49ers rushing attack is definitely different than the Titans. They both may run outside zone, but the Titans heavily rely on that inside cut using their big back to put his foot in the ground once and drive through a hole with very good climbing offensive linemen. The 49ers offensive line, also fantastic at climbing to the second level, but they do. They use a lot more speed they are much more willing to go off the tackle's hip and stretch it outside because they get that sealed off. Something really fun the 49ers do is they play with the splits, especially of Kittle when he lines up in line. He won't be right next to the tackle. He'll be out an extra foot. And what that does is that forces the end man from the defense to be out an extra foot, or he's going to give up contain. That just widens the gap between him and the offensive tackle. They do some fun stuff. But I trust Frank Clark, I trust Terrell Suggs, make the 49ers running backs, make Mozart, make him show great vision and not just the ability to run outside with speed.
0: That's a really good point that you finished with that there, Maddie. Synapse Truth asks, Who does the bad honey badger hone in on? Last week he seemed to be tasked with AJ Brown. Who is the target in the Super
2: Bowl? Well, I don't think it's gonna be George Kittle. (laughs) I think that George Kittle just, just has too much size for a guy that's built the way that Honey Badger is. Not that he's not going to be up for a challenge, it's just his length doesn't bode well for that. I think maybe Debo Samuel, I think maybe Emmanuel Sanders, we might see him match up against some of those guys. They're fast. They have the chance to really kind of get after him a little bit, but there's no guy that's a really good matchup for him to come in and try and match up with one-on-one, try and take him away that same way. I I just think that you're either going to put him on one of the running backs coming out of the backfield, or you're going to put him on one of those two quote-unquote smaller wide receivers rather than trying to have him match up against the tight end.
0: Steve Gray Jr. asks, how will Spags use his safety versus the
2: 63-ers? I love it. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Well, we just talked about Honey Badger there. I think they're going to play split safety. Uh, There's enough vertical threat to the 49ers that you really do have to have that split safety look there. I know that the Vikings and the Packers played a lot of split safety and that got them tore up against the run because they just didn't have those extra guys in the run fits there. But that has kind of been the way that Spagnola has played throughout the year, given up a lot of the run game, relied on his defensive line and his linebackers to do things up front a little more and not forcing got you know, Kendall Fuller to have to cover all of the vertical routes that can come out there because Kyle Shanahan, if he sees Kendall Fuller deep is really going to go after him, really try and attack him down the field. You know, if it was Juan Thornhill back there, maybe he tries to play a little more single high, but I think it'll be split safeties with Sorensen and uh, Kendall Fuller back there deep. We might see a little bit of Armani Watts as well, but it's mostly going to be, Two single high, you know, two split safeties there. Sorry, with maybe Honey Badger up in the slot.
1: I think that's most likely what you'll get, at least most downs. But I'm kind of hoping we get a lot more of what we saw with the Titans. And I would rather load the box. I I know Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Ryan Tannehill, but I want him to show it on the biggest stage. Like I do. <laughs> I don't want him to throw the ball seven times. I want him to throw the ball 25 plus times and beat the Chiefs through the air. If that's what it takes is to challenge them by dropping an extra safety in the box to make them throw the ball that many times, I will live with that. So I would force him to go that route. I don't know if Spags will. I did want to say, though, I do wonder if we get a little bit of Tyron Matthew on George Kittle. Just because Kittle isn't really a vertical threat to the point where he can use his size at the catch point as much. So I just wonder, especially with Tyron Matthew wanting to boast how smart he is at football, which he is incredibly smart, the way the 49ers like to leak George Kittle out late or across the formation, I could see a good chance for Tyron Matthew to recognize a play from film and jump on it pretty early or take it away. So that would be the one reason I would really wonder if they are going to have him watching Kittle like a hawk just because I don't know if anybody else in this defense is ready to catch all the ways Kittle leaks out of the backfield or off the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't hate the idea of mixing that in there a little bit. Honestly, I think that's a good point. And you know, the 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 49ers with their run game, with their play action game present so much for so much eye candy and so much for for defenses to have to process through. so uh, much. It, it's 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 really impressive. It's really impressive. I mean, it's I don't want to admit this right now. It's really <laughs> fun to watch. I hate saying that. It's 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 a very good it's a very good job by Kyle Shanahan. It's a good thing he's a good offensive coordinator, a good co or a good coach because personality wise, uh, I wouldn't want to <laughs> hang out with him. Uh, there's he, there's
2: can't, he can't just let that one slide. There's he can't a little hint. The
0: <laughs> had to throw a little shade. It's been too long. Uh, we're gonna take a break <laughs> and we will be back with more of your questions right after this.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
0: All right, we're continuing questions uh, in an AP Super Bowl mailbag. What a time to be alive. Graver Tanner asks... Uh, how do the Chiefs keep their linebackers from being exploited, Craig?
2: They don't play them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 there's no really good way. They're, they are what they are, guys. I, we know this. We've been saying it all year long. They're slow to kick out in the flat. They just don't have that kind of range, and the guys that do have that kind of range are aren't trusted to know their assignment and execute their assignment reliably. And like Kent said just before the break there, San Francisco puts so much extra out there, so much misdirection, so much eye candy, so many things to try and make people bite and get other guys open. You want your smartest, most reliable guys out there, even if they're a little bit slower, the fact that they're going to be able to quick ID things and not get caught by things means that you're going to be in a better situation than blowing a coverage and allowing a 40-yard reception. I think that they just got to try and do their best to try and keep forced defenders crashing down to keep guys between the tackles. Because when they are between the tackles, Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Reggie Ragland will be able to stop this running back crew. They don't have to hit them particularly hard. They can light them up. Maybe, you know, uh, there's a little bit of ball security issues in that backfield between Garoppolo and some of those running backs. Maybe you pop one loose if you can keep them between the tackles. But it's about containing them and not asking them to have to stretch as much as, you know, maybe they had to early in the year there. And we saw how that went. It did not go well. For those that can't see me, I'm just making a big shrug sign
1: because I don't. I, <laughs> there's no real way to prevent this from happening. I think going back to kind of my earlier point of what I would do, I would just have them attack over and over again. We would be slanting the defensive line. We'd be filling in with the linebackers off of it. You're going to get a lot of 12 personnel, 21 personnel, whatever you want to call Kyle Uzcheck from the 49ers. So you're going to get Ragland out there quite a bit. I think you slant him. I think you let Ragland play the run from the front or the backside aggressively. You hope that he gets to make a splash play here and there, which he's been very good at in the playoffs and lately. Same thing with Damian Wilson. You give up a 30-yard gain if they happen to beat all of your slants and beat your scheme for that play, but you don't give up consistent 8 to 12 yards because your linebackers are slow to scrape over the top of what's a very good climbing offensive line.
0: Yeah, I think it I think the linebackers are going to be the biggest problem for the Chiefs. And it's just a matter of if they can make uh as a team, if they can reduce the number of explosive plays that turn into touchdowns, force teams to or force the Niners to earn it in the red zone, and if they can turn them over. I mean, it's 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 there those guys are going to get those guys are going to get exploited. Like they they've been getting exploited all year. It's a it's a weak it's a weak point on this football team. And it's one the Chiefs but are they, going to have to Oh, go mm-hmm. Craig. They've done a good job of covering up with absolutely. coaching and scheme so far. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, you've you've got to, you're going to have to live with with some some issues there, but you just got to hope the sum of the parts and the overall game plan and the overall production of, of that defense when it comes to turnovers, when it comes to plays behind the line of scrim- scrimmage to get them behind the sticks. You know, those things are really going to matter for this football team. Uh, to try to you know cover up stuff like that. One loss wizard wizard asks, if draws and screens are part of the Chiefs' game plan, will Shady play? I it does. Not, I don't think it really has anything to do at this point with scheme. Uh, with Lashawn McCoy playing, I just think it's a lack of complete trust. That being said, I I wouldn't be stunned if the Chiefs go with three running backs this week. Uh, they only went with two. I wouldn't be stunned if, if if McCoy is one of them, if it really was just a little bit of a of an illness and stuff, the same way Matt Moore didn't play. Um, I'm not sure that Shady will be part of the game plan, but
2: I wouldn't be stunned if he's active. Will Shady play? This is the BJ Kissel gif. No. <laughs> he ain't going <gonna, laughs> to play. It, listen, they've been riding Damian Williams. Right. They're going to keep riding Damian Williams straight through this Super Bowl. It'll be
0: fascinating to see if he's even active, but um, I wouldn't be stunned if he is. Uh, the Clayton McLean asks Assuming Mahomes gets a free play because D Ford jumps off sides. I love it. It's delicious. Uh, who streaks down the field and gets the bomb from Pat, Tyreek, McColl, or Sammy? This is 100% not a real question. This is just shade, and it's trying to poke me into talking about D right now. I am going to try to refrain. I'm going to try to refrain, but let me just say this. This is the second straight year that the Chiefs have to overcome D. Ford to win the Super Bowl. I'm out. I don't know. If, do you guys even want to add anything or do you want to keep moving on?
1: I think Tyreek Hill would be the one to catch the bomb because that's who seems to get along <laughs> the best with Patrick Mahomes. And I think that he's also the fastest <laughs> and he would see the play earlier. They would trust him a little bit more just to go up and catch the ball
2: on this deep throw He actually answered it. He actually answered it. I love it. (laughs) No, no. On Pat's free play so far this year, he's definitely uh, targeted Tyreek more than anybody else. He's been frustrated with Sammy quitting on a couple of them. So it's 100% going to be Tyreek. D, you owe us. You owe us a lot, (laughs) buddy. Hope you make several mistakes.
0: I hope you make several mistakes to make up for what you did last year simply pat d i'm sure someone may have asked this but which team has the edge in these areas offense defense special teams and coaching
2: uh go ahead i think the chiefs have the edge on offense simply by having the better quarterback i think on defense uh it's definitely the 49ers they just have a ridiculously good defense Uh, just all that talent is great, and I love Fred Warner. He's one of my very favorite players in this league, so I had to go there. Special teams has to be Kansas City because we allocate so many resources (laughs) towards special teams that there's no possible way that anybody can be better, surely. And then coaching, I I do think it's the Chiefs. I think that Andy and Spagnuolo being in this situation before – Being here, knowing how this works, just having that experience before means something this week. And we've seen Andy Reid off of bye. We've seen Steve Spagnuolo's game plans. I'm just I I think you give a slight edge to those guys. Not that this coaching staff on the other side is a bad coaching staff. I just give a slight edge to those two guys.
1: Offensively, the Chiefs have the edge. It's pretty clear, better quarterback, better wide receivers, better offensive tackles, better tight end. The only thing the 49ers do better is running back and interior offensive line. And we all know how important those two positions are. Defensively, I think easily goes to the 49ers just as well as offensively <laughs> easily goes to the Chiefs. I do think The Chiefs coaching, Steve Spagnuolo especially, kind of helps mask that difference. Brendan Daly, Steve Spagnuolo have been excellent lately, so I can't tell. I'm giving the coaching edge to the Chiefs. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he is very much on his way up into being a top three coach in the NFL, especially as an offensive mind. He's probably already there. This is the first time I do believe he's going to be making this kind of big calls in the Super Bowl. That probably affects him a little bit. I do need to see him adjust a little bit more often if things aren't going well before I put him up there at the Andy Reid. In special teams, I have watched zero 49ers special teams t- snaps this year. They are absolutely better than the Kansas City Chiefs special teams unit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, Harrison Bucker, I think, I, I saw some stat on NFL Network that was comparing Robbie Gold and Harrison Butker, and I think Harrison Butker had the edge from a from a you know a um, conversion percentage and all that stuff. So that's nice.
2: Is is that where we are now in our Super Bowl coverage this past week? We're comparis- comparing
3: comparing
2: <laughs> special teams players yes. from each team. Oh my goodness. I do
1: think NFL.com's tracker is like showing stats about third down conversions at high noon from third and six plus rates for both the offense and defense (laughs) of both teams. So yeah, we are to that point.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's it's a a little bit over a week into the Super Bowl coverage. They got to find something to talk about. I think the one thing with offense, defense, special teams coaching, like if you list all of them. Yeah, I think you can list all of them, and I think you can you can make a pretty sound argument for the Chiefs having three of those four categories. It's just the gaps, though. How big of a gap between each offense? How may, how big of a gap between each defense and coaching and all that stuff? And it's pretty tight, I think, across the board. Um, the Chiefs have the best player in the world, though, uh, and I think that masks a lot of different things. So. Um, I, I'm banking on Patrick Levon Mahomes not letting this football team win. That's kind of where I fall. Sterling Smith asks, how does our defensive line match up to their offensive line? Is there any specific matchups that could make an impact on this football game?
2: I actually think it's a pretty favorable matchup for the Chiefs. Uh, on the interior, the, the Chiefs are or the 49ers are starting Ben Garland at center and Mike Person. At right guard, former chief a person, Mike a Person. A real person. A person, a real person. That's that's a spot I think Chris Jones can exploit a little bit. I, both of those guys have played well. They've got a good offensive line coach. They're definitely getting the most out of those guys. I think Chris Jones is just pure talent, can beat those guys. Mike McGlinchey at right tackle is a young guy. He's He's been very good. And then Joe Staley's the left tackle. Joe Staley and Frank Clark have gone up against each other a lot and a lot a lot like twice a year for the past four years a lot joe staley and frank clark know each other really well i think that's going to be a real battle there but i think frank will have a couple tricks up his sleeve i think he'll be able to get past joe a couple of times i'm I'm looking at maybe a big frank clark game as well
1: i'm with craig i think the defensive and offensive tackle things one to watch frank clark's very good versus the run Mike McGlinchey is one of the better run blocking right tackles in the league. As a pass protector, he's still very up and down. I think that's where I want to see Frank Clark rush from the most. Terrell Sugg, same thing, very good versus the run. Whoever whoever these defensive ends, offensive tackles are when they're battling each other, that is going to be a big matchup. I think if the Chiefs can win that, they're really going to affect the run game. On the inside, Chris Jones, on paper, absolutely has the edge. My concern is the 49ers are crafty. Kyle Shanahan is really good with his run game. I think they're going to bait Chris Jones into taking the cheese on Uh a lot of backdoor penetration type plays. Yeah, that sounded wrong, but a lot of trying to slip underneath his block and get into the backfield (laughs) like he did against the Titans to make the stop on Derrick Henry once. I think the 49ers will bait him into doing that and take a big advantage of it. So if that's just something you got to be worried about. If they know he's going to be able to do that, they are going to play off of it. But on paper, he absolutely should have a big one.
0: I think I think one of the things, like I, I, everything that you guys have just said is totally true. And I do think one of the important things for the Chiefs is if they can get... The Niners into a more pass heavy script that really benefits them up front, too, because I do think that Chris Jones can wreak havoc in the in, uh you know, in the middle of that offensive line. If he's able to kind of, you know, rush a little bit and, and kind of be in more predictable rushdowns, that could be really beneficial to that team. But all of the things that you just said, Maddie and Craig, like 100 percent agree with. Um, I don't think it's that bad of a matchup for this football team, but I think you could look across the board and I think, you know, the Niners are saying the exact same thing. If you, if you flip, if you flip that too, you know, the, the chiefs offensive line versus their front is it's going to be interesting too. Um, okay. A Aaron Dunn mess up asks. I was mildly nervous about the Texans deep passing game and the Titans running game, but we handled both. Should I be mildly nervous about the 49ers defense and run game, Matty?
1: Yeah, I think you should also add, you should be mildly nervous about the 49ers speed on offense, which includes the running back, so it kind of goes into the running game. But this is a little bit more speed than the Chiefs have been facing through the first two rounds, minus Will Fuller. This is definitely the fastest combination with Emmanuel Sanders, even Debo Samuel. When then you get into the running back. So yeah, be nervous about the speed, the run game. 49ers defense, just be worried about the pass rush, I think. If you get time to carve up the secondary and the linebackers, they might have some talent, but you can do it. If that pass rush is landing home consistently, that's going to be incredibly hard to get past.
2: Yes, you should be mildly nervous about it because that's what's got them here. We've seen that they've taken the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands. They've relied on their defense. They've relied on the run game. They forced teams to make mistakes with their defense and then just ran the ball in, taking time off the clock there. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. They've bested a lot of good NFC teams that way. Yeah, you should absolutely be worried about it. 100%.
0: One hundred percent. You should probably be more than mildly nervous. I mean, this is this is the Super Bowl. This is the last game of the year. They have went through the gauntlet on the on the NFC side, and they're they have a very good front, a very disruptive front, and they have a very good run game that looks a lot scarier than it did even before last week. But we know what happened last week, where you know they went nuts and they didn't have to the Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have to throw the football, but like once in the second half and all that stuff, but. I don't think that's going to be the case. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to make some plays for this football team if the if the Niners are going to win this game. They have to. It's not going to be the same thing. You're going to at some point, I think it's going to turn into Patrick Mahomes versus Jim Garoppolo, and I don't think Jim Garoppolo can hang with Patrick Levan Mahomes regardless of what at sad Niners fan on Twitter says. Brandon 422. <laughs> Uh-oh. When, she, when the Chiefs win the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, I like the swag, championship swagger right there. Will Mahomes have done enough in his short career to reach the Hall of Fame if he retired next year? <laughs> yes, he would. This is an unprecedented start to a career. I think he could shut it down and he would be a Hall of Famer. Length of time, obviously, a, a lengthy career would matter, but a, an MVP, All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, probably Super Bowl MVP before you turn 25, shut it down. You're gonna be having conversations about about the goat moving forward. I think I think he would have to get a couple more
1: years, even without the super gaudy stats. I think he would just need to bulk up the volume stats just a little bit. Lame. And if Patrick Holmes is still playing, he obviously is going to have great years. But I I don't think it could be this quick of a turnaround. I think that it would be hard to get in the Hall of Fame that with that short of a career.
2: Kit, correct me if I'm wrong. We got this question in Mobile, didn't we? As well, I one don't of our know. buddies down I there. Remember. I think maybe our buddy Mark Schofield asked us this question down in down in Mobile while we were chatting oh, with him about this, and it was unanimous. Yes, like it, it, this is unprecedented. You don't have guys that do this, and even if it is a short career, the fact that he's been able to come in, change the game already is fantastic. And yes, I think he would. But let's not put that out into the world is that we just got him, Let's let's stop trying to get rid of him. No, I want to keep him for for like another 15 years, please. Forever. He's got 15 years. Make him healthy, healthy forever.
0: Someone, someone, I think I might've said this on one of the podcasts last week, Craig, but someone talked to us uh, in mobile, a Patriots fan and said, he doesn't want Pat to win this year because he, he's afraid of Tom's legacy. Basically he doesn't want, he doesn't want it creeping up on Tom so quickly. So that's, that's the, that's the feeling around the league right now. He said something to the effect They're of, the, oh, he's getting, yeah, people are terrified of Patrick Lava Mahomes and I love it. I just delicious. So good. Henry Barczyk asks, should coach enemy be less cocky and try not to score on some plays? I hope this is sarcasm. I think it's sarcasm. I think it's shade on some people that were getting upset. Skip Bayless specifically, who is trying to say that the, the Chiefs are overly confident because they they th- expect every play to score. That is the most coach speak of coach speak. You have to have nothing to talk about you have to be really bad at your job if you are wasting five minutes on national television talking about the chiefs being too cocky for coach speak literally every play is designed to score that's fact that's how teams work that is the reality of it the only play that doesn't try to score is the quarterback kneel down skip bayless you should have retired last week when you started calling out Patrick LeVon at Holmes and pretend like he wasn't the best player in the world. And now you come here with this stupid stuff. I think the context done.
1: was that Eric Biennemi didn't get a job because he was too cocky because he was trying to score every single play. Here's the fun part. Um, Kyle Shanahan, when he worked with the Browns, said they were trying to score every single play. That every single play was designed to score. So um, I'm not going to rant about this. <gasps> Kent has us, the controversy. Kent has us covered. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and let that one go now. <laughs>
2: So, uh, my response to this is the BJ Kissel gif. No. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if, if you're off it, you know, let's call the plays that don't score. Like what, what the hell is that? Like, <laughs> come on now. Let's try of to course, waste an opportunity t- here. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, we're going to call this one. Try and take a knee. You know, those are the plays that don't score it, it, Let's, Eric B enemy should call more of those at the end of the game. Let's do a moderate
0: job on this play, guys. Not full. good. You know, let's just be okay here. Let's be like Raiders uh, level good here. Okay. I'm got I'm salty today. I I'm on. One. Yes, you are. Stacy Meyer, one of my 49er fan friends said the Niners win when they have both D Ford and Joey Bosa healthy said the games they lost Ford was out. What do you think?
1: Technically, that's true. I don't know how much of like, oh yes, we only win with D Ford that plays like 32% of our snaps. Like I don't know if that's really the linchpin to your winning success as a guy that plays a third of your snaps on an average game. But D Ford does bring more to it. He does bring another good outside pass rush, great outside pass rusher at times across from Bosa. That makes it a lot more difficult for teams to block both of them, and then Eric Armstead to Force Buckner when they're both kicked inside. So it does make a big difference. It's just D Ford. I don't think is the key to that. And let's also be real: if D Ford lines up across from Mitchell Schwartz, he might have a ghost game that, as Chiefs fans, we are very aware exist. If they put him over Fisher, he probably has more success. But <laughs> it's still not going to be consistent <laughs> domination. Like, let's D Ford's very good. The Chiefs have competent offensive tackles. My fear is not with Bosa and Ford; it's with the other two on the inside: Buckner and Armstead.
2: So, um, your friend is wrong. Uh, they lost to the Seahawks. D-, D Ford played 32% of the snaps. He may have gotten oh. hurt in that game. I'm not sure, but he probably D-Ford got played. hurt in that game. I guess I don't know if Nick Bosa did. Maybe, it, maybe I nope, stand he did. corrected You're from, You're that, correct. he from that point. But yeah. Okay, good. Well, there you go. So, point is, uh, it's not. Unbeatable. It's not just this 100% thing that when those two guys are on the field, that they're lights out. The best rush tandem that we've seen. I, the Chiefs have seen better rush tandems. I, I, I think the Packers rush tandem was, has been a little bit better, more consistent, certainly throughout the course of the year. So I just feel like they've seen it before. They've got good tackles. Eric Fisher is healthy. So that helps and he's playing well and with confidence and Mitchell Schwartz is playing well. I just think that those two guys, unless they're going to align inside, which they definitely can do. I think that the tackles can definitely hold their own on the outside. They can't
0: let D Ford get a ring, man. They can't let that happen. That just can't, <laughs> That's not allowed to happen. That can't happen. not deserve it too. It. Patrick Mahomes deserves it. Could have had two. If he would, you know, figure out where to line up, where to put his hand, where to put his foot. How about my Chiefs asks, what do you think about both Mahomes and Garoppolo playing their first playoff game outside of their respective home stadiums? It's it's actually kind of an interesting storyline uh, that both of these guys are playing their first road playoff game. Uh, actually playing. I mean, I, Garoppolo's been. To the Super Bowl before. I mean, he's been there for the Super Bowl in the past, but um, you know, I, I I do find that kind of interesting. I've, one thing I am kind of watching is Patrick Mahomes has not had any kind of nerves. You saw him have some nerves the his rookie year, first Monday Night Football game, the first half of the AFC Championship game. He was pressing a little bit. He hasn't pressed this season, and he hasn't pressed in the moments like the AFC Championship game. I just wonder if this with this new step, if it takes him a little bit longer to settle in, if he's if he's sailing balls a little bit, um, if he can manage things early, uh, this team, this team could start fast.
1: Yeah, and it it could definitely lead to a little bit of early jitters from the We've seen those before. He hasn't always been the cleanest starter, but we're also kind of getting to the point where Patrick Mahomes has played in a fair amount of these really big, huge games where all the pressure has been on him. Jimmy Garoppolo just came off his biggest game of his career where he threw like single digit passes. So you can, I don't think you can really compare the pressure that they face so far in their careers to each other. Your hope Patrick Mahomes settles in quicker than Jimmy Garoppolo. Then his ceiling is already significantly higher. Therefore he just ends up playing a lot better.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's a fun little thing. I, I, You know, just taking this a little different tangent here. This is the first time since Andy Reid's been here that we're going into a game knowing that it is the very last game of the season. Um, There was a season that the, the Andy Reid Chiefs didn't make the playoffs, but that last week of the season, there was still the potential for the Chiefs to go to the playoffs. This is the first time since 2012 that we know when the chief season is ending and that's kind of weird i've gotten accustomed to just having this hope and okay so the next week i got to be ready for that and next week and all that it's ending it's over so enjoy this i know that we talked about earlier the week leading up to this and all the talking points and everybody's burning through them and we're getting scraping the bottom of the barrel here but man enjoy this as much as you can because this is not it's not something that happens very often at all. Obviously, 50 years since the last one. But live it up. Enjoy it. You know, bask in all of it because it, it's going to be a fun week, potentially. Going to be a lot of media quotes, a lot of things that you're going to hear your guys say that may or may not please you. But uh, <laughs> but it's coming, it's here, So just just enjoy it.
0: No, I think that's good advice. Uh, I've kind of been thinking about it a little bit in that context, too. Just enjoy everything about this. The season is over. It's. I mean, the off season starts next Monday, unfortunately. <laughs> Draft season starts next Monday. Hopefully, it starts after the parade. Four Let's months ago. Real. Wait, huh? Oh, don't. <laughs> shh, don't tell them our secrets. But, yeah, just, I mean, just soak this all in. Getting here is so hard. Getting to this point is so hard. People don't realize that. I mean, maybe you do, but Mahomes has normalized a lot of things and getting the Chiefs to two AFC Championship games in his first two years and, and now this. Enjoy it. Soak it all in. Hopefully, positive notes. Craig, Corey Peter asked, last question, what KC beer do you recommend t- taking to a Super Bowl party if you could only choose one?
2: If I can only choose one, I'm bringing a cl- crowd pleaser, KC beer, Dunkle. Everybody loves it. It's an easy to drink beer. You can drink a lot of it if things go south so, and, and you're not going to get too full. But that's my favorite. That's what I'm going to be drinking this weekend. I'm going to definitely make sure and do that. I've been sticking with Kansas City beers all throughout the playoffs here. So I'm not going to change it. Casey Beardunkel.
0: All right. That's going to do it for the mailbag edition of the uh, of the show. We will be uh, back later this week. We're going to have all kinds of great content on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. So just be tuned. Keep a look lookout for all we got going. We'll catch you later.